Hey, everybody. Welcome to Southwest Florida's Fresh Press with Eric Raditz. And I'm Eric. Welcome to the coolest podcast in Southwest Florida. We have also the coolest guest we have with us today, Jay Dellinger. Jay, are you there, buddy? I'm here. Thanks for having me. It's oh. it's really great to be it's awesome to have you. Before we get into it, I want to let you know the things that are happening in and around Southwest Florida this week with the new year upon us include uh, this Friday, December 20th, 29th, we've got Thunder Beach Band at the Center Bar in the Promenade at Bonita Bay. Saturday, December 30th, Elvis, A Musical Revolution at the Broadway Palm Theater. And then December 31st, your pick of things to do, New Year's Eve rooftop party at the Sydney Burn Davis Art Center has great view of the fireworks, as does the pool deck at the Luminary Hotel for New Year's Eve. Their party is called Tropic Like It's Hot Party. And January 1st, ring in the new year with the Fort Myers Film Festival's TGIM. Thank God it's Independent Mondays with me, your host, Eric, and Melissa Haven. As we look at the films in consideration for the Fort Myers Film Festival, plenty of stuff to do. What are you doing this weekend, Jade? Wow, this weekend? Um, I think I'm going to be installing our exhibition. It's been it's been uh, sort of straight through our winter break, sadly, but uh, we've just wrapped up a big exhibition here that was sort of literally 20 plus years in the making uh, retrospective with the band Devo for their 50th anniversary. Yeah. And uh, full on kind of, um, you know, like transforming the art gallery at the Bob Rauschenberg gallery into uh, into like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or something. But uh we're 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 now planning, prepping, you know, packing, wrapping, boxing, returning uh, artifacts related to that as we're thinking about traveling it to additional venues, but mm-hmm. also um, getting ready for our next show, which is an exhibition with Purvis Young. Actually, I don't know if you know his work, but yeah, I do. And I, and I want to get into it. And I don't think that I yeah. sufficiently introduce you. Uh, Jay Dellinger has served 10 years right at the as director of exhibitions and collections at the florida southwestern states college right yeah time flies best best known for your uh locally for your exhibition program and related events at florida southwestern's state college's bob rauschenberg gallery beginning his career with the contemporary art museum at usf tampa he curated keith edmire's uh legendary motorcycle daredevil evil knievel's project in 1997 worked closely with the sculptor and new collaborator uh, Fair Fawcett on the show for her law for the Los Angeles County Museum of Art. He's worked with Yoko Ono and Hamilton, James Franco, Wayne White, Al McCollum, Robert Rauschenberg, Keith Haring, and Jack Kerouac. He's written also for international publications, including Sculpture, Flash Art, Art Papers, and Guitar Aficionado, and co-authored the book Are We Not Men? We Are Devo, uh, which traces the history of that band, which he was just mentioned, uh, the 1980s New Wave band. Uh, please welcome. Jade Dellinger. Woo! Woo! <laughs> I do want to get into the new exhibit. What, Take a breath. <laughs> before we before we get into that, when will the public be able to view it? And tell us a little bit about the artist. Yeah. Well, so the exhibition will kind of open with the return of students. Um, we, we try to do things with each new semester. And Makes sense. We, we ran the Devo exhibition particularly long in that it it was also it coincided with the publication of a new book that i co-authored on devo Uh, i'd I'd written the one that you referred to um, was actually with a british publisher and it was 20 years ago and it was the first ever book about the band and now we've refined and worked with a new publisher and written really a new book with a different 
focus and with new interviews with Iggy Pop and with Mark Mothersbaugh from Devo and others um, to uh, really focus on their their earliest period, their their uh, their uh, you know uh, first five years or so. But um, this new exhibition is actually uh, also something I've wanted to do for a long time, which is a show with Purvis Young. And Purvis uh, was a Miami-based, actually Overtown-based uh, artist who died in 2010, but is well represented in museum collections nationally, internationally, Metropolitan Museum, the Whitney Museum, you know, the American Folk Art Museum, uh, the Corcoran, but also in uh, some collections here, including FGCU. So we're kind of partnering with Florida Gulf Coast University to do this, borrowing 30 paintings from them, and then working with another regional collector who has 150 Purvis Young paintings and knew him well for decades. And so it, it's, it's a retrospective of Purvis that spans four decades. It's the largest Purvis Young exhibition ever to come to Southwest Florida, to be in Southwest Florida. Um, he's well represented by these very uh, major collectors who have their own museum in Miami called um, the Rubels, Don and Mira Rubel. Mm -hmm. And Don and Mira actually at the end of Purvis's life, um, when he need needed some medical help and when he was uh, uh, concerned about his own safety in his incredibly jam-packed studio with decades of paintings there, they bought the contents of his studio and, and basically paid him off over a number of years. But the idea was that they bought everything. He wanted everything to be kept together. And so 3,500 paintings were purchased by the Rubels. And one of the wonderful things they've done is they've published some books about him and they've done a number of exhibitions, but they've also given large quantities of his work to a number of museums, including FGCU. So, mm. so I'd known that FGCU, when they first were gifted those paintings, um, had uh, done an exhibition 15 years ago. But since then, um, the Tampa Museum also acquired 93 paintings by Purvis Young. They've had a major exhibition. And I thought, you know, this would be a wonderful thing to do in the context of the Bob Rauschenberg Gallery, particularly now. He's um, was an artist who has a, very important to the work, but, you know, uh, uh, very complicated and difficult um, uh, life in the sense that um, his grandparents arrived by boat from the Bahamas. He lived in uh, the impoverished sort of neighborhood of Overtown. And he, as a teenager, began to get into some trouble, including getting basically busted for breaking and entering, not for theft, nothing violent. But at the time, in the early 1960s, this African-American kid at age 17 was thrown into Rayford State Penitentiary for three years with violent, you know, murderers, offenders, et cetera, that were adults. And, and so he spent three years in jail. And during that time, he taught himself to make art, really taught himself to draw, had some access to some, you know, art books and, um, and began to focus on a life as a, a you know, producer of, of paintings and drawings. And he had an uncle actually, who was a little, that was influential that had been a sign painter in Miami that was known. And he, he moved into this 
area and there was actually this alley is this alley that's called good bread alley or it's known as good bread out good bread alley because it was where all the jamaican bakeries were and it had by then been abandoned essentially but he moved in there and he started decorating the streets i mean making kind of you know murals that were art installations of hundreds of paintings sort of along the facades of the buildings and then there was an interest uh, someone passed through and it was it turned out to be the person who founded the Miami Art Museum and who would help Purvis and you know gave him some money here and there and people would come and they'd buy paintings for you know pocket cash essentially and people would donate old house paint and like Rauschenberg actually he would had had his own sort of process of walking the streets looking for detritus looking for trash on the streets cardboard or plywood or carpet and he would make his paintings from that and from you know whatever oops paint he could find or that would be donated to him and in fact one of the paintings in the show that happens to be on the announcement card is uh is a painting that has a very particular color color of yellow and it's it's themed as he describes his time in jail as being visited at some point by angels who essentially told him that he should become a painter. Uh, it, it is an image of an angel. Um, and that image has a particular color, color of yellow, but the yellow we've discovered was actually the same color that the firemen would, would, would paint the fire hydrants mm. around, around town. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of their painting, the fire hydrants, they'd always drop off whatever paint they had left over for Purvis. Oh, so so it, it was really the neighbors in the neighborhood. And he created this kind of community and transformed it. And he dealt with a lot of, you know, the issues that were relevant to his community, uh, having also had this history of suffering, you know, the time that he had in jail and witnessing and being around during the race riots. And, you know, he he he. He sort of religiously, um, you know, uh, watched PBS and listened to NPR and 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 took discarded books from the the public library from the Miami Dade Library. He would make drawings in some of those old books, but also any art book he could get his hands on, he would he would focus on. So uh, we're excited to be able to do this. Yeah. We are talking about Purvis Young. The exhibit is called Honey in the Sky. It's being featured at the Florida Southwestern State College Bob Rauschenberg Gallery, uh, opening January 11th when the kids go back to school. Uh, we were sitting here. and I Now, you know, I got to say, Jade, I've seen just so many cool things that you brought to the gallery. And I often wonder how you decide what to curate and what to bring in. Can you tell us a little bit about what uh, brought you to the point of saying it's going to be a Purvis Young show from January to July. Like what was the thing that really made you say, I'm going to do this? Yeah. Well, I, I, I think, you know, it just felt to me that it was a good moment to, to um, present his work. We, we certainly had access. It's something I've been wanting to do for quite some time. There, there were actually a couple of like odd, um, you know, instances, the, the title in a way came from, um, you know, when I was working on um, uh, on my on my book about Devo years ago, um, as a result of that, there was a film that was going going to be made about Devo, and and there is now. There's a new film that's sort of coming out um, that 
that um, is is going to be at Sundance in January, in fact. Um, but that film or and just back up a second because you know you're talking to the film festival guy here yeah Uh, i know we need to play it at the fort myers film festival can you arrange that please uh we might be very that might be very possible okay let's we'll talk after we'll talk out of uh, okay yeah (laughs) we so with the with the devo exhibition here we also world premiered the newly restored all of their early music videos which yeah no that was awesome yeah, yeah and with we brought in Chuck Statler, who's known as kind of the godfather of music video. He's, you know, screened his videos. He's worked with Elvis Costello, was the first to do stuff with Devo, did Elvis Costello's first five films, videos, that sort of stuff, too. But when we were working on and I had a little bit of a hand early on in this Devo documentary that was supposed to come out 10 years ago, 12 years ago, and it actually got pulled twice from Sundance. So but it was pulled because the band was never pleased with it. But at some point, because I'd written this book on Devo, the filmmakers had reached out to me to do some of the interviews, to, to travel with them, to go talk to the people they were interviewing. And they had done, you know, interviews with Debbie Harry and Dave Grohl and, you know, a number of, you know, fairly big rock stars, but, and, and also Tony Hawk and others in the, in the sort of Devo circle. But, um, but they mentioned that they were lining up this interview with Iggy Pop and and being a big Iggy Pop fan, I I said, you know, if that falls into place and if he's available, you know, I, I would love to come and do that interview. So so it was it must have been now actually 2010 because I went down and we managed to sort of spend a day with Iggy, which was extraordinary. But coming into his little mm-hmm. clubhouse, he has, you know, his rock star house and then he has like this little place where he actually paints and he reads and he, you know, he does music and stuff. And in this little clubhouse, um, as soon as we walked in, he kind of took us into the kitchen and was offering us, you know, whatever, a nice coffee of coconut milk or or coconut water or whatever. And I turned and I saw there was a Purvis Young painting on his wall. And, And I said to Iggy, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm so sorry this happened. I didn't realize you were a Purvis fan or had known him. And he said, you know, oh, I, you know, yeah, I've met him a few times and been by his place. And, and I said, well, I'm sorry, you know, he, that he just, he was like, well, you know, what's, what, what are you sorry about? I was, he just died, you know, and, and Iggy hadn't heard it. So Iggy was like really bummed about it. And he said, he quoted back this line from Purvis actually. And, and, and it has always stuck with me, but basically Purvis was talking about how to heal the world or how to get people to get along. And he said um, that, his painting essentially was what what he would describe as putting honey in the sky where it could drip down and make the world sweet. Mm. And, and Iggy sort of said that to me and it always had resonated with me. And then, you know, I'd been thinking more and more about it. And then another thing that had recently happened, you know, when Rauschenberg, our gallery namesake passed away, he was so close with um, David Byrne that David wrote one of his obituaries in the New York Times. And David would come when, you know, he had any free time and stay on Captiva with Bob and, you know, make recordings and do, you know, and write lyrics. And and Bob was always very proud of the fact that when the talking heads were doing speaking in tongues, he had been asked by David to do the cover, the packaging for speaking in tongues. And Bob won a Grammy for that, actually. Oh, my gosh something he never would have imagined would happen in his lifetime. And of course he grew up at, at, you know, went to school at Port Arthur high school, 
with and Janis Joplin went to Port, Port Arthur High School. So in the 60s, he'd known Janis Joplin and would always sort of they would always tease that they were the only two to ever escape Port Arthur. But winning the Grammy in the 80s was like a big deal for him. And David has always, you know, been very generous and has participated in some of the things we've done here. I've been I've done a number of projects with him and been, you know, been lucky enough to like gallery hop with him and in New York and in, you know, in Atlanta. And when he's toured, I'll, you know, we have been lucky to sort of hook up for lunch and do other things. But David's most recent album actually is called American Utopia. And there's a Broadway play and there's a film that Spike Lee did with him called American Utopia. And on the cover of American Utopia hmm. is a work by Purvis Young. Yeah, yeah. And all of the interior artwork is Purvis Young. So David, of course, is also a huge fan of Purvis's. And all these things just sort of felt like they were coming together. And I was just in the middle of, you know, um, prepping, planning with all the big Devo exhibition. And I just thought, you know, Iggy, David Byrne, all these things hitting me at once and and wanting to sort of revisit this um, and and finally make an exhibition. Sadly, again, 14 years after Purvis's death, but he's one of those artists whose work, I think, you know, will uh, will stand the test of time and and deals with issues that I think are important in our community, too. I feel like I've <laughs> I have so many questions for you, Jay. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I do want people to know where to grab your book. Are we not then? We are Devo. I know we've referenced it, but um, where can we go? So where they, can we grab? Where can all we grab they have now? to do is go on Amazon. There's okay. there, there. So the new book is out, which is this, which is called "The Beginning Was the End." Devo oh. in Ohio. Oh, I'm and, sorry. This was the older one I'm referencing. And then, okay. and then, well, basically, and this one was the University of Akron Press. It came out in October, and um, and so we did a big book launch here during the Devo show, and then I went up to Ohio and we did stuff at Kent State University, which is where they, you know, they uh, had been students, and at, at the Akron Public Library, and did a bunch of book signings oh my and gosh. up there. How and cool. then here i brought my co-author david giffels down um and we did a kind of book launch thing here in the gallery too there again university of akron press has them directly amazon has them and it, we had gotten to the point where our first book had been out of print for 15 years so and they were there have been four books on devo since our very first book we had two hardbound editions a softbound edition all that sort of stuff and it was successful but also i think really seen as the definitive book on devo even though then later books followed largely using ours to to do their books i believe but like uh, um it had been out of print so long and they were popping up on ebay and you couldn't find a copy for less than 100 bucks <laughs> so we really felt like it was time for a new edition or a new book and the university of akron press got very excited by it because even Jerry Casale from Devo taught at the University of Akron. They were all from Northeast Ohio. And the band really formed, uh, you know, uh, following their experiences at Kent State and having grown up in in that in Kent and in Akron. So um, Kent State was really the thing that shaped them. And Devo, for those who don't know who only may know Whippet, Devo really began remarkably in 1973 they come on to the everyone's radar as kind of the ed sullivan beatles on ed sullivan moment in 1978 when they're on snl on saturday night mm -hmm. live mm -hmm. but prior to that 
they had been formulating this concept, which is this idea about de-evolution. And essentially, they were students at Kent State. And in May of 1970, when Nixon uh, admitted that he had expanded the war, was expanding the war, the Vietnam War into Laos and Cambodia without an act of Congress, he was illegally expanding the war. On college campuses all over the country, there were lots of you know protests. And one happened at Kent State over the course of a few days. And, and the guys in the band were part of the Students for Democratic Society. They were very much against the war. So many of their friends were going to Vietnam. The draft was happening. you know. So it was an intense moment. And then the idea that the war was expanding illegally really incensed so many of them that they went out to protest. And on one of the evenings of protest, the students actually burned down the ROTC building at Kent State. They, they, they threw American flags that were burning into the, into the building. And one of the guys who did it was a member of the band Devo. And then when the ROTC building was burnt to the ground on Kent State's campus, the next day or that evening, Governor Rhodes of Ohio declared martial law and sent in the National Guard. Hmm. Well, they didn't tell the students that school would be canceled the next day. Everyone went to school and, uh, you know, a great, a very large gathering of students, hundreds of students gathered in their commons area outdoors. And they, they got kind of pinned in by guardsmen who were telling them this is an illegal assembly. We're under martial law. You know, you have to disperse. When some of them attempted to disperse, another group of guardsmen trapped them in. And then, you know, they started firing canisters of, of uh, tear gas. The students would throw it back. And essentially, then the guardsmen opened fire into the crowd of peaceful protesters. And not only were there 69 rounds fired into this crowd, but, um, you know, nine kids were shot and four additional kids were murdered that day. A couple of them were even just passing between classes because school was in. So and and two of the members of Devo were in the protest, got shot at. And two of the four kids that were killed, Jeffrey Miller and Allison Krauss, were um, close friends of the band. So in May of 1970, having experienced this horrific event, the band then started thinking about, like, you know, are we progressing? Is evolution, if you believe in evolution, right. de-evolution is yep. sensible too? Things could be getting worse. I, and so Devo is short for the de-evolution band. Mm. And they started writing like sort of, you know, foundational texts and manifestos by 1972. This is this is why you're a writer, because you have all of the information. We need to read the book. And I also heard the episode at an interview on uh, WGCU. Uh, so I heard. So there's a couple of references, but your book, we have to play a game before we run out of time. Because uh, yeah. the game is called what would Jay Dellinger do? <laughs> okay. okay. Will you play? Sure. <laughs> I'll try. Okay, here it is. Here it is. Um, you are given, um, you're given $35 million tomorrow to buy whatever art you want for your personal condominium. Okay. Wow. Where, where do you spend $35 million in our world right now? Wow. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, you know, I, I would, I, for obvious reasons, I actually think Rauschenberg is someone who is um, who is uh, undervalued. 
I mean, mm-hmm. he, he was very prolific. I mean, and and you'll see astronomical prices. There, there are paintings from the 1960s, four years ago or three or four years ago, one of his paintings sold for almost $90 million. Okay. So 35 million is not enough. So let's go to, let's well, go you to, could, let's say a, you you're given a, you're given a billion, a billion dollars. Okay. <laughs> Make that a billion. So you've got Rauschenberg, you got a, one Rauschenberg. Who else are you buying? Oh man. So, well, there, there are artists sort of of my generation that I appreciate that I've worked with and that I would mm-hmm. want to be supportive of. So there'd be, mm-hmm. there'd be a big part okay. of that. I who, and then, who, name but two if, more. But if it's about investment, is no, that what you're no, no, it's at? about no, your, no, your, your tastes, what you love. Well, for a yes. billion dollars, you could buy anything. I or, mean, which, were... which would be what, what would you, what would you buy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, hmm. Hmm. that's really hard. Cause no, I, it's you, not. Know, you know, I, someone comes to mind. I know. <laughs> You're saying Rauschenberg. I would, I would buy a really good Rauschenberg. Yeah, and I think number I would two. definitely buy a really good Rauschenberg. That's I, number two. You know, I, I I kind of came out of um, you know a, a love for conceptualism and for and for minimalism, and so so some of those artists, I think, like, Saul like, Witt is Saul okay. Witt is okay. a, I'm okay. a huge fan of. Here I we go. Here we go. Sarah, I think, is okay. a, a remarkable artist. Um, artists of my generation um you know i've i've been i've been fortunate to be able to collect some of the artists that i love but also okay you you answered what you have to me you you <laughs> you know? okay that we, we got what we were wanting okay number oh, two okay. number two you are um you are given the strange power to bring back uh to life three three artists um to have dinner with them what what three artists would those be wow hmm, hmm. Uh, I think I'd, I'd love to have an exchange with Andy Warhol, mm. who I, who I never knew. Um, Keith Haring, I had mm-hmm. correspondence with and talked to a couple of times. I was really lucky that Keith was, um, so generous and particularly with young people. Like when I was in high school, I actually kind of wrote him a fan letter and then we struck up a correspondence and then. I ended up, you know, he ended up being really generous and sending me artworks and being, and so Keith would be one. And of course mm-hmm. he was close with Ethan Warhol. And the third would be? Well, maybe, maybe in their circle, say someone like Jean-Michel Basquiat. Of course. <laughs> yeah. See, dude, I'm telling you. And I one... think Basquiat would love, also would love the Purvis Young exhibition too. So Okay, yeah, one last one. We here. They'd have to come for a visit. They would have to come and visit here in Fort Myers. Yeah. What what restaurant would you take them to? Oh gosh, hmm. I don't know. I think I think it would be just uh, your place. Uh, yeah, probably. Okay, um, <laughs> we've got time for one last question. And the what would Jay Dellinger do? Uh, okay, and we're going with this one. A personal jet plane shows up to take you anywhere you want to in the world for a whirlwind week with, without any budget constraints, where would you go? Wow. I feel, I feel really lucky because of my job and because of the nature of the art world that I've managed to go most places I'd like to go. Mm. Um, so I, I, you know, the one continent, I mean, other than Antarctica or whatever that I've not been to is Africa. And, and right now, lately I've been, I'm pretty focused actually on an upcoming project that we're going to do with William Burroughs and Burroughs spent a lot of time in, uh, in Morocco. 
So I think I think like the northern bit of Africa. I've been to nice. Gibraltar, been able to see Africa from Gibraltar, uh, you know, or otherwise. The other thing I'd love to actually spend more time in was my I just by a weird, you know, circumstance. My parents were teaching, and I was born in Tokyo, Japan. Yeah. And, thus jade but like uh, you know i was born there lived there for about six months i was born in tachikawa and uh, i've been back once but only for a week but and it was probably 20 years ago okay so i'd love to spend some more time in japan and also to get beyond tokyo to actually get to kyoto to go to raiwanji to do some of the temples and to do some of that well listen I can tell you that this will not be our last podcast with you because we did not have enough time. I need to get in. Thanks to our sponsors of Fort Myers Film Festival. Be sure to submit your film today and save the dates May 22nd through 26, 2024. We might be playing a Devo film, hopefully. Right, Jade? Uh, to Hilfiger Missions, saving lives by increasing organ procurement and early detection of chronic diseases. Go to hilfigermissions.net. To Riverside Realty Group, it doesn't cost more. You get more. With free home staging, head to RiversideFL.com. And for your business and account needs, call Clarity Certified Public Accountants at Clarity.cpa. With special thanks to Golf Shore Life and Happenings Magazine. Be sure to keep it local when it comes to media. And Jay Dellinger, dude, uh, be sure to check out uh, the awesome exhibit coming January 11th to the Bob Rauschenberg uh, exhibit at the Florida Southwestern University. Uh, Purvis Young, Honey in the Sky. Jade, you get the final word, buddy. You've got exactly one minute and 15 seconds. One minute and 15 yeah. seconds. That's yeah. not a final word. That's a, that's a, that's a <laughs> sentence. Now, for you, that's two sentences. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so excited that you're painting, I must say, Eric. I, you, you haven't promoted that yet, but, but I've seen a few things you posted online, and, I, uh, I, and I'm, I'm, well, I'm looking forward to seeing them, you know, more of, more of that. It's a good well, thing. I, that that just means a ton coming from you, Jade. And in fact, if you're interested, I will make my artwork available for an exhibit there at the Bob Rauschenberg. We need to have Perfect. you back. You need to get together. Come on down to the uh, film festival this Monday, or let's get together for let's do a little lunch or a drink here or there. Okay, I would love that. That's I awesome. really appreciate you being on the show. Thanks so much, Jay Dellinger. And uh, thank you so much for listening to Southwest Florida Fresh Press with me, your host, Eric Redis. See you guys next time. Bye-bye.